Uh, again, last week, uh, Psalm uh, 74, just <coughs> want to uh, touch on a few of the, the verses that we expanded on. And we saw it's another Psalm of ASAP. We know that it was a contemplation or, a, you know, he's thinking on uh, the things that were happening there in, in, the, in the temple. Uh, it's also a prayer. He's bringing these things before the Lord. And uh, we, we looked at how he's really grappling with the fact that the enemy had infiltrated the worship and had infiltrated the temple and the meaning places of God. In verse 4, he said, the enemy roars in the midst of your meeting places. They've set up banners for signs. And then in 5 through 7, he talks about how they lift up axes there and they're breaking down and defiling the place of worship where they had been coming in and, you know, and coming against sound doctrine and truth and prescribed worship. And then speaks of how not only are they there, but again, they're there in a prominent way and he says there in verse 9, we don't see our signs. There is no longer any prophet, nor is there any among us who knows how long. So he says this doesn't even look the way that worship supposed to look. This isn't according to the prescribed worship. We don't see our signs here, which, you know, you think about the prescribed things they were to have there in the tabernacle, then in the temple to worship God. There were foreign things there. And there was no longer any prophets. There was no one there proclaiming the things of God, the word of God and power. And sadly, we talked about how this is a pattern that you see throughout scripture. Where so many times, you know, where God's working in Israel, you see it in the church as well. False teachers come in and false prophets start coming in. They start setting up their own banners. And we talked about how that happens biblically. And we looked there in Jude how it says certain men have crept in unnoticed. And that's how usually it starts Certain individuals with agendas creep in as wolves who sheep's clothing and they creep in unnoticed because there's not a watchman on the door at the wall who's supposed to be noticing those things, who's supposed to be testing doctrine and fruit and so forth. And they come in and listen, I think at times Christians can be more susceptible because, you know, we're, we're, we're called to be the epitome of love, right? We're called to be kind. Uh, those are fruits of the spirit and those are good things. But we forget that we're also called in Scripture to be shrewd as a serpent. That the Bible says if someone prophesies, then two or three others should judge that. And if it's not biblical or if it's speaking utterance of things that will happen and it doesn't happen, that's called to be, you know, put in check. Where it says that if, uh, you know what, uh, as, as the serpent was deceived by Eve, if someone comes in, with a false spirit, a false gospel, a false Christ. He says, you may well put up with it. And we're not called to put up with that stuff. And there's a fine balance in that. And I think oftentimes, you know, there's this mindset that, you know, if something's coming in and they're holding up a cross and they're saying, hey, it's Christian, then, oh, well, come on in. And then even the person that steps back and goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This is off. Then all of a sudden that person is deemed as the troublemaker. And it's funny, they're like, don't be judging. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Well, why can't I judge what they're saying and their doctrine? I can't do that, but you're judging me for judging them. Like, it never, like, they never think that way. Like, it's okay for us to judge you, but you know what? We got a real problem with you judging this false teaching that's running amok. And it's kind of, well, it's kind of hypocrisy. If you don't want me judging, then don't be judging what I'm saying. So, I just kind of laugh at that personally. Maybe that was just for me tonight. 
But we see, the, we see Asaph here just wrestling with it. And we went into great detail with a lot of this last week and threw out some examples and so forth. Well, as we continue in the psalm, now he's turning to the Lord and saying, how long is this going to continue? How long, Lord, are you going to allow this to happen? When is there a judgment that's going to come? And one thing with these things, listen, judgment is always coming. Everyone's going to give an account. All of us, and especially, you know, those that are false teachers, these that, you know what, even prompt themselves as teachers, yet they're not called. Listen, James 3, 1 says, let not many become teachers, they'll incur a stricter judgment. And there's a responsibility that comes with counseling people. There's a responsibility that comes with teaching God's word, with shepherding and so forth. And there needs to be a real fear of God in the hearts of those that are called to those places. I want that, and I want more of it. Please pray for it for me, because we can always grow in that area. So verse 10 is where he picks up this contemplation, this thought, this prayer. He says, oh God, how long will the adversary reproach? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? Why do you withdraw your hand, even your right hand, take it out of your bosom and destroy them? And let's remember, listen, he's not praying this. This isn't being brought before God from his, you know, an owned uh, fleshly uh, mindset, the Lord's leading him in this as he's bringing this before God and as he sees this all happening, again, the question comes out, how long is this going to happen? How long is the enemy going to be able to run amok in the sanctuary of God? How long are they going to be able to set up their banners amongst the people of God and roar like a lion, which is a picture of just being very bold in their falsehood How long are they going to be allowed to reproach you and blaspheme your name? And again, this isn't him talking about it going on in the world. He's talking about it going right on in the sanctuary where the meeting place of God's people is supposed to be blaspheme God and bringing a reproach to the Lord. And then the question, you know, why do you withdraw your hand, even your right hand? Well, listen, God's very patient. And you even look at the letters to the seven churches in Revelation. He gives them all time to, to repent. And he even tells them, I've given you time to repent and be zealous and repent. He's very patient. I'm grateful for that. Are you tonight that he's very patient and long-suffering with us? And yet from our end, oftentimes we're like, listen, Lord, right now, please take out your, your, your hand out of your bosom and, and destroy them. You don't run them over and please do it today. And on one hand, listen, as followers of the Lord, we should yearn for justice and, and you know, know that that justice is going to come on the other hand we need to know that god's timing is perfect and we need to be patient and i think it's so important to remember listen god was patient with me the lord has a perfect plan god is on the throne we're all going to give an account and listen unless we're covered by the blood of jesus we're in big big trouble verse 12 it says for god is my king from old working salvation in the midst of the earth. And I really think this is the prophet basically saying, listen, uh, they think they're in charge. Again, they, they've, they've gotten into the sanctuary. They've set up their banners. There's a misrepresentation of God. They're behaving as God in doing this. But here's the truth. Listen, they think they're in charge, but God is the king. He has been from old. He has always been. He is, and he will always be king. And even despite them doing what they're doing, he's still working salvation in the midst of the earth. Amen. And we got to remember that. Even in the midst of 
trials, tribulations, in the midst of, you know, what the Bible even describes as an apostate state at the end of the age, the Lord's still working. The Lord's still working. Listen, the Lord has not come back yet because he is long-suffering, what? Not wanting any to perish because he's still working salvation to this day. And we got to remember that. I think that's something that, you know, it gives us patience when we're looking around. And, and listen, there's some days more than others. If you're a follower of the Lord, you're like, oh, Lord, come, come soon. I thank you for my salvation. But it's time to bring judgment on all this. You ever been there before? But we got to remember, but wait a minute, wait a minute. It looks like they're ruling. It looks like they're in control. Like remember the previous Psalm, he wrestled with that. But let's remember, God is the king. God's in control. And in the midst of all of this, you know what, rigmarole, uh, that's not a, a, a biblical term, it's, it's my term. But in the midst of all this rigmarole, he's still working salvation. People are still getting saved. Even today, see, people are still getting saved. We're still seeing people come to the Lord in our fellowship and through this fellowship. And there's people getting saved, you know, and in places all around the world. All, even in, in, in places around our nation today. Uh, it may not look like it's looked in times past where it was like, you know what, truckloads. But if there's still motorcycles, you know what, getting saved <laughs> with one here and one there. You know, we got to remember that. He's long-suffering in his return, not wanting any to perish. And let's remember that. Listen, the thing that, that, that stays off the judgment of God and the coming of the Lord more than anything else, it's not, you know, they need to get the red heifer in Israel. It's because people are still getting saved. And the Lord's long-suffering. So let's rejoice in that. That's something that can temper us versus the frustration of, Oh my goodness, this is just out of control. There's a lot of things that, listen, I want a passion for truth and I want to stand for truth. And when stuff needs to be called out, I want to call it out. I'm almost at the point where there's just such a, a, an onslaught of apostasy today. It's almost just like, you know what, I just got to focus on, you know what, but God is king. People are getting saved. I know this is going on. I got to stand for truth. But I'm not going to let this stuff suck the joy of the Lord out of me. And I'm also not going to let it become front and center. I want Jesus Christ and the gospel of the Lord to be front and center. Verse 13, he says, you divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea serpents and the waters. You broke the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gave gave him as food to the people inhabiting the wilderness. And so again... The psalmist here, Asaph, he's, he's talking about the destruction of the sanctuary, they're burning it on fire, but now he's contradicting that with, again, God is king, God's judgment is coming, God's still working salvation in the midst of this, and oh yeah, by the way, you divided the sea by your strength. When you called Israel there out of Egypt, and then Pharaoh pursued him, and you got the army of Pharaoh here, and a sea in front of you, the Lord divided that and made that way of salvation for you to go right through it. And listen, as the Lord divided the sea by his strength for him, he does that for us as well. Again, the Lord makes the way for us. And so let's remember that. When you feel trapped in, you ever feel trapped in in this world? Well, listen, our God is a sea divider, and absolutely he is the Savior. And then he says something very interesting here. And this is interesting on two levels. You broke the head of the sea serpents in the waters, and you broke the head of Levi- Leviathan. 
And, you know, we look at this, oh, sea, sea serpents, what are you talking about here? Sea creatures? Leviathan? You know, what, what in the world here? Listen, this is a reference to an ancient beast that's dinosaur-like. And you read the book of Job, and it talks about these creatures in detail, and their exact description of what we call dinosaurs today. People say, well, I never saw the word dinosaur in the Bible. They didn't use that word back then is why. That's a word that was made up like in the mid-1800s. So yeah, you're not going to find it in the scripture, but it talks about sea serpents. It talks about Leviathan. It talks about these great beasts in Job whose tail is like a cedar tree. Yeah, what's that sound like to you? And so he talks about, again, practically these beasts, and it's one of the many pictures where the Bible talks about these extraordinary beasts in the scripture. So he talks about it practically, but I think more so... This is him talking about spiritually Leviathan being a picture of Satan. Because Satan in several, uh, you know, in several instances, he's referred to as that old serpent. And, you know, just a few of them, Revelation 12, 9. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And then Isaiah 27, 1, it says in that day, and the context is the last day, the last days, the Lord, uh, the Lord with his severe sword, great and strong, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisted serpent, and he will slay the reptile that is in the sea. And again, the context are the last days. So I don't know if this is twofold where, you know what, in the last days, we're going to start seeing some stuff that we haven't seen in a long time on the face of the earth. All of a sudden, man, there's sea serpents out there, Leviathan, I don't know. There's a lot of people that say some of this stuff's still out there. Just, you know what, we're not told a lot about it. I don't know that, but one thing I do know for sure is that the serpent of old and Satan and Leviathan all have a, a, a mixture of them in the sense of when that's referred to, oftentimes spiritually it's being referred to Satan. And here's the glorious thing here. Listen, he talks about, you know what, you broke the head of Leviathan in pieces and absolutely, Jesus Christ has broken the head of Satan in pieces. He did it at the cross of Calvary. Remember man sent to the garden and he said, listen, to that serpent, you're going to go on your belly. And here's the thing, you're, you're going to bruise the seed of woman's heel, but, but he's going to crush your head. And that was a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the cross of Calvary, he absolutely crushed the enemy's head. And absolutely, listen, he is allowing him to continue to do what he does for a season, but he was defeated at the cross of Calvary. And the day is coming soon when the Lord will fully wrap all this up. And we know for a thousand years, he'll be in captivity, let out for a short time after that, and then be thrown in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever. And I like this, it says, and gave him as food to the people inhabiting the wilderness. And inhabiting the wilderness absolutely is a reference to the people of God. We've been called to call, come out of the world. We're called to be sojourners. We're called to be pilgrims. We're called to be tent dwellers. And how awesome to know that in Christ Jesus, we have victory over the enemy uh, of our soul to the point where it's like, listen, we're even going to eat you for lunch. That's how bad you've been defeated by the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15, he says, you broke up the fountain and the flood. You dried up mighty rivers. The day is yours, the night also is yours. 
You have prepared the light and the sun. You have set all the borders of the earth. You have made summer and winter. And again, this is encouragement for us. Asaph's in a day where, again, the sanctuary does not look the way it should look. The enemy has come in and set up banners in there. They're taking an axe to the foundational things of Scripture. They're roaring in there boldly, you know, presenting their false gospels. And he stepped back, back going, what in the world's going on? And God puts it in his heart. Wait a minute. I'm God. I'm king of old. I've divided the sea. I absolutely have crushed Leviathan's head. I open up the fountains at the flood, referring back to Noah's day. I've dried up mighty rivers. The day is mine. The night is mine. The light is mine. The sun is mine. I set the borders of the earth, summer and winter, and all of a sudden, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, God's still on the throne. God's in control. God's not pacing around going, oh, what in the world? They've set up the banners, you know, what, a falsehood of the sanctuary. Yeah, that troubles the Lord's heart. And yeah, there's judgment that's coming. But absolutely, God is in control. He was then and he is today. And we got to remember that he is right now. Amen. I think especially in election time, we need to remember that, right? <laughs> I mean, just some of this stuff, it is just outlandish. And you got the one dude running... Uh, what's his name? Mayor Pete, and he's a he's a born again homosexual. You know, it's just like what in the world? And people buying into it, and these individuals that are just full on God haters, taking scripture out of context and promoting even the killing of babies and mothers' wombs. And then I run into these evangelicals saying, but we got to vote for these people because they're the one that they're going to go out and they're going to solve all the homeless problems. It's like, well, wait a minute. They're the ones that created the homeless problems to a whole large degree. Amen. And you want me to put some Roe man who, listen, let's be truthful about it. A lot of them are in that place by life choices. Oh, Pastor Steve, you know, you can't be saying that. A lot of them are in that place because of life choices. And I'm going to put that over a baby in someone's womb? Oh, but that guy said this and that and the other. Well, listen, I ain't voting for, for a, a, a pastor here. I'm voting for policies. <laughs> when the guy that's the president right now was running, I said, listen, if this guy keeps his word to appoint that Supreme Court justice that's pro-life, he's got my vote. That's all he has to do. If he just does that, he gets my vote. And he did that. He's done a lot of other things. A lot of good things and some stuff where I'm like, dude, man, what's up with you? But I pray for him. And here's the thing as well. I, I, I don't, I don't want to allow that to affect me. I want to pray. I want to be active. I want to vote with a biblical conscience first, prioritizing things. Listen, marriage between a man and a woman is high on my list. Some people say, are we giving up that fight? No, we haven't. It's between one man and one woman, period. Protecting children from this transgender nonsense, that's high on my list. People start saying, well, you know what, I'm for this. Uh, this Biden character, oh, yeah, that's a civil right uh, struggle of this generation. That's disgusting, dude. You should apologize to every minority in this country for saying that nonsense. Life before, you know, life in the womb, that's, that's, that's number one. It should be number one on the list. Listen, you got to understand 
that this earth is sensitive to spilt blood. That's throughout the scriptures. And if you want to start shedding innocent blood and then you want to start, again, promoting that, then you want to start promoting that in the name of God? That's no fear of God. Judgment comes upon every land scripturally when innocent blood is shed. And that's where some people step like, oh, Lord, today, take your hand out of your bosom and smite him down. You sound like Asaph here, right? He will in due time. He will. And let's remember in the meantime to listen, God is on the throne. God is king. People are getting saved. Let's go preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's be salt and light. But at the same time, I ain't going to let that take my joy. I'm not going to let that take my zeal. I've been called here to represent Jesus Christ. He's still the God of the day and the light and the morning and the evening. My God's on the throne. Oh, Steve, you can't say that kind of stuff. They're going to take your this or that or the other. If I don't say it, they've already taken it. Verse 18. Remember this, that the enemy has reproached, O Lord, and that a foolish people has blasphemed your name. And it's kind of funny. Listen, the psalmist, remember God? You think God's forgotten? (laughs) You think God needs to be reminded? You don't think the Lord knows these things? This is for us, though, to know that God doesn't forget. And it is a foolish thing to blaspheme the name of God. And there's a lot of foolish people doing that today, thinking they're going to get away with it. Thinking, well, I blasphemed my whole life, so you know what? I've, I've come this far, and remember the psalm before where he, he wrestles with the wicked, you know, at flourishing, even despite their blasphemous lives. But here's the thing, he gets insight when he recognizes there's a judgment that's coming upon these folks. And boy, there's so many foolish people running around just blaspheming the name of God. But make no mistake, God remembers it. Nothing gets by the Lord. And listen, our sin that we've committed will never get by the Lord except for the shed blood of Jesus Christ that washes it away. And that's the only way. That's the only way our sins can be forgotten and separated as far as the east is from the west when we fall on our face and we call upon Jesus truly to be our Lord and Savior. Verse 19, oh, do not deliver the life of your turtle dove to the wild beast. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. So this is a prayer now for uh, protection in the midst of all of this. Asaph saying, I'm like a turtle dove and they're like wild beasts and i'm asking you lord not to forget our lives in the midst of all of this you know because comparatively they look like nothing they looked like they had no strength they uh had uh, nothing in comparison to this juggernaut that had come in and here's the thing god doesn't forget he knows i think about the church of philadelphia there in in uh in, in the book of Revelation, the letter to that church. And he says, you have a little bit of strength. Uh, but he says, there's a door open for you. And it's a door that I've opened. And when I open a door, no one can shut it. And when I close the door, no one can open it. And we got to remember that. I think we got to remember that in this day that we're living in. That, listen, God's still on the throne. 
And absolutely, he's a God who even in the midst of all of the peril in the world today still has the ability to open up doors for ministry and provision. And when he opens up a door, guess what? No one's going to shut it. If they get shut, it's because it's, in, it's his timing for it to be shut. And he's also one that could close doors. And when he shuts the door, no one's going to open that back up. And so let's be in a place where we're looking for those open doors and by faith moving through them to do what we've been called to do, share the good news of Jesus. Verse 20, he says, have respect to the covenant. This is deep here. He says, for the dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. Oh, do not let the oppressed return a shame. Let the poor and needy praise your name. So I love this because in the midst of all this, Asaph goes back to the covenant between God and Israel. Lord, these people have forgotten the covenant, but I pray you won't forget the covenant. And to this day, God hasn't forgotten his covenant between him and Israel. That's why they've been reassembled as a people in the Middle East. And they're going to move to a place where all Israel is going to get saved. And then they're going to come into the greater covenant. That tonight is Jesus your Lord. Could you say amen to that? You're part of that covenant. Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we're partakers of the new covenant. And I love it how that's what he's hanging his hat on. I'm going to hang my hat on the covenant. And let's hang our hat on the covenant. You know, people say, oh, I plead the blood of Jesus. You ever hear someone say that? A lot of times when people say that, they're saying it kind of like as a, like as, as a prayer. Or, you know, and I'm pleading the blood against the enemy. Listen, here's what that is. That, that's a statement of, that's more of a statement than a prayer or a, a, a declared truth of, I'm in the blood of the, I'm under the blood of the lamb. No matter, I'm in a covenant with God. I'm pleading the blood. It's a sense of, yeah, all this is going on, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I put my faith in the Lord and he shed his blood and that's what I'm standing in the covenant that I have with God. And that's something that's important for to do when, when the enemy comes in and starts lying and, and trying to mess with our mind and so forth. And he says something here. He says, for the dark places of the earth are full of haunts of cruelty. That, that's a heavy verse right there. It's true. There's a lot of dark places in this world. And, and they're full of haunts. And they're, they're full of, of depths of, of cruelty that, that are so deep and it's so wicked that a lot of times even when people hear such things, they don't even want to hear it. And they just want to go on with, you know, with their life as it is. I wish I'd never heard that. And it's sad, even right now as we're in this place tonight, there are dark places. And I could say all, all over the earth, but there's dark places in this community here where there are such levels of cruelty that are happening that if, if we could see it right now, even the most hardened heart would be brought to tears. I know that for a fact of abusing abuse of children and satanic ritual abuse where it's a day in and a day out thing as some people look at that and they even say how can there be a god and this happen and we got to understand it's been brought on by man's sin and it is hard to grapple with and wrestle with and we do have the theological answer when man's sin death came 
but you look at this stuff and it's heartbreaking and it's real and and we we need to pray we need to pray along these lines a lot of this stuff is done in deep deep darkness and a lot of this stuff's networked in 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 a very sophisticated way people think about people that abuse kids ritually and satanically and so forth and let's let me tell you it's a huge 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 thing it's not small and they think of a bunch of you know what uh you know lowly uh i'm trying to say the right word without offending anybody here (laughs) maybe lowly educated you know backwoods backwards you know, a type individuals that are doing this, you know, a lot of times, and, and, and you even look at the people that, the, the Psalms too talk about the nations conspire things against God. You got to understand there's darkness happening in high places today that, that, that are back like in the days of Canaan where Mol, they were offering children to Moloch where they would take babies and they would put them in these idols and they would be burned up. That's the kind of stuff happening in the world today. I know it for a fact. I know it from things I know firsthand. I know it from people that I know have come out of such things, from people who their call and ministry is to combat such things. And I think it's so important that a verse like this, we don't just read it and hop over it, but we would say, Lord, give me a heart to pray for those that are under such cruelty and heart and in dark places to lift them up to the Lord. And I'm actually amazed of how many people I know that were subjected to abuse day in and day out that despite that came to know the Lord Jesus Christ and, and got knowledge of the gospel, even as children and hung on to the Lord through all of it, even in the midst of their personality being broken up and all the things they do all the things done to them, all of the, uh, you know, uh, gross abuses to, to try to break them as people. And uh, I won't go too much longer on this, but a lot of this stuff, listen, it's, it's actually right out in the open. And they love to flaunt it, and it's getting more out in the open. And if, you, if, you're, if you're familiar with the symbolisms and what they do, you see it all over. I see it all over the place. And even so many individuals that, that the world even looks at and, you know what, worships them because of the way they can act or tell a joke or, or you know, uh, uh, sing and whatnot. And, and you, when you know all the signs, you see it there, that these are puppets even being used to brainwash the masses and boy, they're doing a really good job at it. And it's a network thing. Don't think it's just, you know, a, a, a bunch of individuals just running off in rebellion against God. The enemy is very, very networked. You know that? He knows his time's short, and he's trying to do everything he can to lead the world away from Christ. And in fact, in this dispensation, it's going to end with the nations of the world gathered together there in the valley of Jezreel, Armageddon, with weapons out against God, thinking they're going to defeat God. They're really going to believe they're going to defeat God. When you read about that there, the Battle of Armageddon, you're like, what's wrong with these idiots? I mean, you're like, what are you, stupid? And they are, sin makes you stupid, but they really think they can beat God. They do. And many of these people that do these things and run these things, they think they can beat God. 
And it's a deception because these things that they practice, they do get empowered by them. They're empowered by the demonic. They don't realize what puppets they are. And a lot of this stuff when it comes to even child sacrifice, and listen, abortion is a big part of it. Make no mistake. You think abortion is or it's just some liberal doctor or whatever. That stuff's inundated with Satanists. Inundated. You say, oh, they sell them baby body parts. Listen, why are they doing it? It's Satanism. Amen. I mean, any of these high officials and so forth. I mean, a lot of this even started coming out not long ago, and then it was all swept under the carpet with, you know, uh, um, a lot of these Clinton people, the stuff they're into, that Epstein character. They do this stuff, and there, there's an extra level of satanic and demonic empowerment that comes to them. And they're mind, they're doing this stuff, and it's opening up portals. And this, this is all, this is nothing new. This, this is all, it's, listen, it's throughout the Old Testament. You see it deep there. You, you, you see even guys like Baal, they bring them in, and this guy's interacting with all these gods and so forth. And we bring them in here to get favor with the gods so we can have victory. That's not just a bunch of, you know, it's stupid tribesmen. They've, they understood the spiritual side of it. That's why they were sacrificing their kids so they could get more empowered to go crush Israel. And when Israel wasn't following, following the Lord, they would get crushed by him. And God would allow it to get them to, to repent. And God's word's true. For dark places of the earth are full of haunts of cruelty. That's not just put there. That's a fact. And we want to pray, oh Lord, even tonight, God, deliver such folks, protect such folks, expose such things, bring it out on the light and bring it down. Can we say amen to that? Verse 22, arise, O God, plead your own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproaches you daily. Do not forget the voice of your enemies, the tumult of those who rise up against your increase continually so again in the midst of it the, the you know the prophets gone from oh lord take out your hand right now smack him down to a prayer arise oh god plead your cause remember and again the lord doesn't forget the only way he forgets our sin is if we call it on jesus and when we call it on jesus he forgets it separated far the east is from the west isn't that an awesome good news tonight but he's calling out, Lord, arise, come against this stuff. Bring it into judgment. And then he talks about the tumult of those who rise up against you increases continually. And this, this psalm here was written about 3,000 years ago. And this stuff has increased continually even since then. I think it's 2 Timothy 3.12. It says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And there is so much stinking deception in our world today where these individuals walk around deceiving others while they're deceived themselves, actually the whole while thinking that they're more clever and intelligent than everybody. So what do we do? Well, verse 14, and we'll close on this. It says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation 
through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So as these things increase more and more, as we take the old and we see this, how it folds right out the new, what do we do? We let's continue in the word of God, amen? amen. Let's continue in faith following the Lord. Amen. Let's continue proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let's remember that God is on the throne. Amen. He's on the throne. And then let's also remember, again, there's a lot of hurting people in this world. A lot of people in dark places. And I, I listen... Man, pray for your kids. Protect your kids. This whole human trafficking thing, it's, it's just, it's, it's at epidemic proportions. And uh, you know what? We, we, we got to be a people of prayer and a people of wisdom. And uh, I, I hope the verse, I hope that verse sticks in our heart. For the dark places of the earth are full of haunts of cruelty. And, and um that we'd be stirred in that area. Even if it's at the minimum, like, I don't even know half the stuff you're talking about, Steve, right now. What? What? I don't know any of this. Well, this wasn't on Fox News the other night. You're not going to hear it there. Not on Fox? No, not even on Fox. You won't hear it there. <laughs> oh, I thought they always told the truth. But we'd have a heart to pray. Who knows? Maybe you'd be, maybe God wants to use you in one of these cases to help get someone out of such a place, you know? But if we don't even know, how can we even be used? I guess he uses us in ignorance oftentimes, but how much better if we do know and we have a heart of prayer. So, Lord, we praise you tonight. We just thank you, God. And, Lord, we know it's a dark, fallen world, and we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. We thank you that you're the Savior. We thank you that you are the rescuer. We thank you that tonight, God, that, Lord, you have saved us and everyone in this room that's called upon your name. Oh, Lord, God, give us endurance in this world, God. God, give us vigor. Let us not grow weary in doing good. Lord, let us have an eternal perspective of these things. Let us remember you're on the throne as well, God. And in Psalms 2, it says, you know, the nations conspire, but you sit on the throne and you laugh at them. They're not going to prevail. Lord, tonight, God, I want to pray for our own community here, God, and for individuals, God, that, that... Lord, our Lord, being subjected to such, Lord, cruelty, God. Your word, God, it, it speaks truth. And, Lord, we want to pray, God, that even, God, these network groups, God, that walk in such ways, God, would be torn down in Jesus' name. And Lord, God, I know that these things even try to, as we read here, try to even infiltrate the body of Christ. And, Lord, places such as this where we gather in your name. And Lord, as my prayer has always been, when such individuals come in, Lord, my prayer is that they would repent and they would get saved. And Lord, if, Lord, uh, that is not the case, that you would just drive them out, God. And that they would repent out there. And so we just thank you, Lord. And tonight, listen, if you haven't called on the name of Jesus, he stands ready to wash you and forgive you and cleanse you and absolutely heal you and meet you where you're at. And that's why he went to the cross to make the way of salvation and the way of forgiveness of our sins. He took the wrath through us upon the cross of Calvary. And the Bible, the word of God that is total truth declares, and the Lord declares to us that whoever would call upon his name will be saved. Whoever would say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. Wash me, cleanse me, be my Lord. He'll meet you where you're at. If that's you, call on him. And then tell someone tonight, 
tell someone before you leave here. And uh, we got Bibles right out the door there on the shelf. Grab a Bible if you need one. And please come, continue to come and with us as we, we make it our aim to grow in the Lord. So God bless the rest of our night. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.